Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Sound of the Loons, presented by Alina Health Orthopedics. And first and foremost, I get to be joined by Adrian Heath, the head coach of Minnesota United. It's kind of like our bi-monthly check-in, maybe. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Does that work? Yeah, it'll do. Yeah, it'll do. Yeah, let's do it. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say congrats on the win. And I get it. Like St. Louis was undefeated, and yeah. you know they were all hyped up and all that jazz. And what I mean, it's more. And you and I were just sort of talking about it before we got into it. It's just like it's the way you guys went about it. The resolve yeah. of this group, whether you're on an international break, guys are back, guys are not back. Um, whether or not you have to change the system, but you're going into a difficult place to play, and yeah. you get away, you get the W. Yeah, we've. We've overcome a, quite a bit of adversity, and I've, you know what I'm like. I've said to the players, we, we're not going to use excuses. It is what it is. Everybody's going to be needed. But I have to say that the way they've responded is unbelievable. You know, like, you know, Boxy and 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 uh, Bongi get back at late Thursday night, you know, and Boxy's been ill for three days. And, and then to go and perform and play like we did, I think that example epitomizes what the group's been like this year. Everybody stepping up, everybody being counted, the collective being, you know, the we more than the I and all them old, you know, people use all them cliches, you know, no I in team and all that. But that this has been this group, you know, for, since the very first day in preseason where we've worked them really, really hard. They've dragged each other through every single day. And obviously I'm not saying sitting here, saying this is wonderful because we've created this, winning helps as well. And the fact that we're undefeated is helping that team spirit. But when I when I look at the the sort of uh, commitment, some of the guys with what they've been through to play like they have, I'm, I couldn't be anything other than really, really happy. Well, and, and when you take a look at your schedule, you go to Dallas opening day, mm -hmm. the place yeah. you lost in the playoffs last year, and yeah. the place that's just always difficult to play. Yeah. Whether it's 100 degrees or not, it's just a challenging place to play. Then you get a win at Colorado as well, which another insanely yeah. challenging place to play. You go to St. Louis where they're undefeated and they're on this tear and everybody's putting them, you know, they've won MLS Cup trophy next, you know, in 2023 Yeah, I already. thought we were playing the Brazil team of 1970 <laughs> when I was when I was listening and reading to the stuff in the build-up to the game. But uh, right? I, I did say internally, I, I thought we matched up quite well with them. And the way that they want to press, I thought that if we, we we got in good spots, especially defensively, to play out and played forward early and ran forward, I thought we'd cause them trouble. And, you know, that's what happened. We we had a couple of really good breaks in the first half. And second half, I, I thought we were outstanding. Some of our football, we were far and away the better team. Well, and then you look at a draw at home to the Red Bulls, which were tough conditions to play in that day yeah. with the snow. It wasn't, you know, maybe yeah. the normal kind of soccer that you're used to seeing and dealing with that high press from the yeah. Red Bulls. And then you have a Vancouver game, which we can, we're not going to debate that thing again about the clock. But yeah. look at that. That's two draws. And then the wins, like in, in difficult places, places, you know, you go on the road and get these wins. Now, if you can shore up the home record, which you should be able to, because you have two draws so far. Yeah. I mean, not that you want to just assume this is going to be all roses from here on out, but that's a pretty good sign. Yeah, it is a good sign. I think the fact that we've conceded three goals in five games is another big plus for us. And I, you know, I, I got asked this morning about what's different with the back four, the back five, or, you know, with the goalkeeper. I, I said, they'd be the first to say this isn't just about them. It's about the four in front of them and the two in front of them. You know, 
they they'll be disappointed that they haven't scored more goals, Luis and Mender. But their output, their numbers, high speed running, distance covered is, are off the charts at the minute. So it's been a real collective. You know, the, the defending has started from the front and the attacking has been starting from the back. So, you know, it's uh, the, the big collective, Kendra, I think that's the word to use that has been has been the really contributing factor to the fact that we're undefeated. I'm going to talk to Emmanuel Iwe here shortly. And so I sort of want to get your take on the contributions of some of the second team players, whether they're in the lineup, whether they get onto the field or not, or whether they're participating in training. What's your thought on um, specifically Iwe's performance, Bellow's performance? What have you seen from those guys stepping in? I think one of the pleasing things for me has been how, how they've started. They've gone two, two wins on the road and, you know, that that group is far more competitive now and far more talent than we've had over the last year or so, for sh- without a shadow of a doubt. You know, Cam's doing a really good job with them. And I think that the one good thing as well now, when we've brought them up to train with the first team group, there's not a big drop-off. There's no drop-off. They've come in and worked really, really hard to try and be part of it. You know, we would like to integrate a few more of them as the year goes on, but... When I looked at sort of Ballow, Dunbar, Ewe, Paddleford, even Fisher, you know, who's come from uh, North Carolina, where we got DJ from, they've done terrific. And, you know, they, I've been as pleased with their contribution and the way they've started as I have with the first team. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's a club. It's not about one team. We're trying to build something and we're trying to give these younger guys an opportunity. And I'm glad to say most of them are trying to take it. Would you call what you played against St. Louis, would you call that a 4-4-2? Is that what you would call mm-hmm. it? Okay, yeah. so in that, in that, how does that change maybe what Bongi does on the right or what Fraga does on the left or with, you know, two forwards yeah. up top? How does that yeah. change anything? Well, we, we've we've tried to take away the middle of the pitch. We've done a good job of that. They Them two have done it, especially uh, Mender and, and uh, Luis. So now we got the two wide guys now have to start slightly, a little bit higher, but slightly infield. In you know, it, suddenly now we haven't nearly got a five in midfield. It's only a four. So Will and Curvin, that affects them. You know, they have to get across and get out of that middle piece, get out wider, a little bit wider. So, you know, it, it might not seem much from a four-two-three-one to a four-four-two, but you know, it, it subtly does influence everybody on the field and. I think they've done a really good job of coming to understand what's expected of them because we didn't work on it in pre-season. You know, we didn't expect this Reynoso situation. So, you know, they've done really well to take on all that information on board. And, you know, so far it's been working well for us. Well, and that's without Robin, you know, I mean, he was ill and then prior to that he was in international duty. So if he comes back in the mix, at least you have a different kind of playmaker in the center of midfield. But also I feel like when you have Mender and Luis up top, the guys in the middle and Curvin and Will are going to be like, you guys better be pressuring though, because we're yeah. kind of skit. Otherwise, you could get you just yeah. And, and obviously, middle. having having one extra one less body in there right. affects the distance that you have to cover, you know. And especially when you play the teams who are in the four three three, the the two front men have to deal with the deep line number six. That so now they've got the two centre backs and the six to take care of. A lot of work, you know. We've we've worked hard on it with them. But their their application to do it has been absolutely first first class. And I'm sure that the midfield guys will be the first to say that they're making our job a little bit easier by the amount of work they're doing. Yeah, I mean, and you know, Will's not a spring chicken, but he takes pretty good care of himself. And then you've got Curvin, who 
seems to just enjoy running. <laughs> yeah, no, they've, they've they've done well in there, and um, obviously we've got some big decisions coming. You know, because obviously Robin's back this weekend, and I think everybody knows what I think of Robin. So I think it's a fair fair chance he will be playing. Sang Bin's available this weekend, and he's looked That's really, right. really he's looked really sharp in training. Asani now is you know doesn't want to be sitting on the bench. He's just missed nine months with his injury, so we've got a lot of competition for places. But as I, I did say to the players this morning, there's nothing like for a coach. There's nothing like having a competition for places because invariably that spurs on the, the group who have you know fortunately for them have got possession of the shirts at this moment. How has Song been kind of gone into the group? I talked to Watto you know, right when he was getting into the mix. But obviously now he had to go and get the rest yeah. of what was it, his passport or his yeah. paperwork, you know, and then come yeah. back so he wasn't available last weekend. So how now with that added travel and just the integration into the group, into the training, how's that gone? Yeah, it's going to be good that we've got a full week here, you know, because nobody's away, everybody's here. We can, I know it sounds silly, the lads can get back sleeping in their own beds, get on the same time schedule again that they've, they, they're used to. But no, he's, you can see the relief in his face that the fact is now I've, I've done with all this paperwork nonsense and I can just concentrate on being a footballer again. But the, he's looked really sharp in training this morning and uh, we'll certainly, he will be involved this weekend at some capacity. Whether he starts, whether he comes off the bench remains to be seen. Pop, yes, again, I know preseason we talked about him mm-hmm. and it's crazy because I, no, I shouldn't say it's crazy, but as a center back, it's not like he has a ton of size, but you can immediately see the quality that he has yeah. and his intelligence um, and how he sort of reads the game plays out of the back. We didn't get to see that much. At least the game I did against the Red Bulls, just because the conditions were different. Yeah. Well, you didn't get to see that, but mm. how has he continued on for you? Well, he's, I think the one thing that we knew when he came is tactically he was very, very good. He's had a great sort of formation, if you like, at Pachuca. He's been there and he's been in a professional environment since he's been 11 years of age. So tactically, there's not an awful lot you, you need to go over with him. He gets the game. But I think, I don't think it's a coincidence that I think Boxy's probably had the best start that he's had and he's been top draw Boxy. But I think it's the composure of Mickey has actually helped Boxy where Mickey actually will stand and put his foot on the ball and let everything calm down and let people get in better spots to receive the ball. So I, I don't think it's just his own performance. I think he's helped them around him as well. And, you know, the fact that we've conceded three goals in five games, I think is down to him and not down to him solely, but I think he has had a real big influence on the three or four guys he's been playing with. When you look ahead at Chicago, I know, what day is it? Tuesday? It's only Tuesday. But when, what do you see from this Chicago side? It's a little bit seems like the same, some of the struggles trying to find a way to score, but they've got Kai Kamara who seems to find a way mm-hmm. to score. But in, in general, what do you see from this Chicago side? Well, we've watched all the games and you've heard me say it a million times, Kendra, you know, goals change games. And they've probably left three or four golden opportunities out there. Had they scored them, they could be sitting in a lot different position than they are now and probably with a little bit more confidence. You know, the last three games, they, they haven't got beaten in the last three games. I think Shakiri will be back this weekend, it looks like. He, he narrowly missed out at the weekend, but the fact that they've got a full week training, I would expect him to come back into the fold. You know, they've they've got some pieces, you know, Perez Bilko's a big old unit, 6'5", whatever he is. And then you say they've got Kai, who's having a little bit of an Indian summer, really, because he's the last year he had in uh, Montreal, I, I I, for one, didn't think he still had that in him. But he's, you know, he's obviously, 
he looks after himself and he got a lot of confidence. So, you know, these people are an handful to deal with, not only because just the sheer size, Kai is what, 6'4", 6'5", Pris Bilko, the same. They're experienced, so they get good spots in the box and we're going to have to try and... uh, the supply line, we're going to try and cut that off as much as we can. But if the ball goes wide, then we have to be in good spots in the penalty area for sure. What about Mueller? What do you make of his game on the left-hand side? Well, he, he makes things happen, doesn't he? he, he invariably, you know, I was always thinking he's like a bottle of pop, really fizzy, you know, he makes things happen. And and the other one that you have to be careful of, it's a little bit like Robin Lowe playing on the right but left-footed. When Muller comes in, he's on his strong foot. So we, we have to be aware that every time he comes in, like the goal he got down in into Miami where he's coming in and he hits it first time with his right foot. Yeah, he's going to have his own... We, we're going to have issues with him. You know, he's, he's a lively kid. He wants to run. He wants to put himself about. So, yeah, they, they, they've got some pieces. You know, they've, they've spent a lot of money putting this group together. You know, quietly. They've spent an awful lot of money with this group. So... They'll be they'll be more confident than they've been in a few weeks. So, hey, you don't get easy games in these in this league, Kendra. And we know this weekend on the road again is not going to be any easy. Yeah, I mean that's a great point. I feel like every week and wherever I am doing whatever game, it's like, oh man, this is going to be. Look at this stretch this team has coming up, and it's like you can say that every week about every team because it just well, it, there is I no think, easy day. Exactly, and I I think the one thing that we've sort of really impressed on the players and is the fact that. We can't be like this. You know, we have to be here every single week. And one of the good things is when you when you get a few results, they start to believe in what you, you're telling them. But the most important thing, they're holding each other accountable now for the level of performance. I can't, I can never guarantee that we can win, because you can't. What we can guarantee is we run around, we play with an enthusiasm, play with a desire, we play with a collective spirit, we keep a good shape. They are things that we can control. The result, we can't. So let's, you know, control the controllables, as they say, and let's hold each other accountable. And we can go there and, and give a really good account to ourselves. I'm, not, I'm, I'm no doubt about that. And I know that the, the last one I have for you is just, I was talking to you before we came back about the video, the post-game video in the locker room against St. Louis. And I'm sure a lot of that was because of all the hype about St. Louis. And um, it's, it's always fun to play spoiler, especially on the road. Yeah. You know, is there anything oh, we, better? We have it every week. We have, <laughs> we're the spoiler every week. Cause invariably every time I read anything, not that I read anything these days with the so-called experts, it's uh, not many people fancy us. So well, let that continue. One or two of them certainly after up the game in the dancing department, <laughs> So having looked at that, but uh, <laughs> I think the, the the video gives you an idea of what the group are like at this moment in time. A great, you know, collectively, collectively they are incredibly uh, proud of the little run we've had, and I know they wanted this to continue. You know, there's a real good feel feel good with the group at the moment. Well, I know you You can, I'm sure when you criticize anything that's on the pitch, they understand that you can get out and do it as just as well as they can. But what about, I don't know if you want to criticize the dance moves because then they might say, well, let's show us what you got. Well, I'll probably join in in <laughs> Chicago. If we get if we get a result in Chicago this weekend and go 4-0 on the road, I will, uh, I will willingly join in. Okay, I'm holding you to that. I'm going to make sure that digital team is in the locker room catching that one. (laughs) They'll be there. They'll be there. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Adrian. Appreciate the time. No problem, Kendra. Anytime. Cheers.
As the official healthcare provider of Minnesota United, Alina Health is focused on keeping our loons in top condition. And with expertise in orthopedics, sports medicine, heart care, and more, Alina has the team to keep your family in the game too. The experts at Alina Health take the time to get to know you as a whole person, helping you achieve wellness for your mind, body, and spirit. It's an altogether better kind of healthcare. Learn more at alinahealth.org. Welcome back, everybody, to Sound of the Loons podcast. And uh, we just got wrapped up with head coach Adrian Heath from Minnesota United. And now I get to be joined by Emmanuel Iwe. I, I mean, I could say MLS Next Pro, MNUFC 2, but now you've got that first team experience. So <laughs> first and foremost, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I know you have a crazy schedule and you fit, fit us in here right in the middle. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. You know, I'm really excited to be on. And so let's get it started. Yeah, so I, I want to just first and foremost say, I know you were born in Nigeria, but grew up in St. Louis Park, so mm. another Minnesota native. I'm a, I'm an East Sider. I grew up in Stillwater, Minnesota, oh, so okay, yeah. I'm not sure if you know where that's at, and a lot of times I when do. people are, <laughs> okay, good. A lot of times when people are on the West Side, they don't travel very uh-huh. far East, you know, like maybe not past St. Paul, yeah. so, um, but I just love having another Minnesota guy on here to kind of chat all things, although we we all hate the winter, but Ugh, that's, that's another story for another day. Yeah. So tell me about that upbringing. Tell me about that 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 process of being born in Nigeria, moving to the United States, St. Louis Park, um, playing soccer there. Like, how did that? How how was that for you? What was that childhood like? Yeah, so you know it was good. Uh, my family got the chance to uh, kind of immigrate to the U.S. Via, uh, via this thing called the visa lottery. So what it is, it's like it's almost like a lottery except instead of getting a million or however many like dollars for you know third world countries you get to immigrate to the states especially if you have family there so one of the criteria for after you win it immigrating to the states because you can't just kind of just show up here and like oh what's going on um you have to have some type of relative in the states and so my uncle lived in minnesota he lived in st louis park at the time and so we're like well i guess we're going there And so, you know, we hopped on a plane, uh, middle of July, I believe, and, you know, kind of got things started going over here. And, um, I have, uh, three older brothers and all three of them, you know, played soccer. And obviously I'm, I'm the youngest of five. They're all very much older than me. And obviously growing up when you have brothers, you always want to do what they're doing and they never let it want to let you play, but you're like, come on, like, I want to play. And so that's how, you know, my love for the game, you know, kind of started with my older brothers and playing with them. And, you know, once we immigrated here, um, I had a really good friend, you know, through school. Um, I met um, a guy named Ted Creighton who runs, he's the technical director of Joy of the People, which is a small uh, developmental club in uh, St. Paul. And so, you know, me and his son, we used to play, you know, at, at school, after school. And he's like, you know what, why don't you come and join my club? And, you know, from there, you know, things are history. So that was kind of my upbringing, just playing there every single day throughout the summers, you know, tirelessly. Uh, we called it endless summer because every single day we go, you know, to St. Paul and we play for from like 7 or 8 a.m. to like 3 or 5 p.m. and just repeat it throughout, you know, and after school. So that's that's kind of how I got my foundation and my roots. So how old were you when you came to the United States, when you came to St. Louis Park? I don't know if I missed that part or how old were you at that point? Um, I was about six. Yeah, six years old. So I was very young, you know, just just about starting kindergarten, first grade around that um, time. And so uh, it's easy, obviously, for a kid like 
immigrating from a different country like granted nigeria does speak english so it was it was easy for me to assimilate into the culture um but yeah so when you're a young kid and you like playing sports it's very easy and you're somewhat good at it when you're younger um it's very easy to, for people to kind of pick you up so so what was that like you mentioned your brothers there but uh, my sister-in-law has five boys. She has six kids total. And I see that dynamic with the boys. You know, the little mm -hmm. ones always want to be with the older ones. And they're always, the older ones are kind of shoving the other ones down. Like, do you feel like that made you stronger, like mentally, emotionally, physically, because you're always trying to get in with the brothers? Yeah. So uh, my brother, my older brother, um, his name's uh, Chooks. Um, he played, you know, St. Louis Park, the high school, he played um, travel soccer. And one of the things that um, really used to help me was when I was younger, we'd go, we'd ride our bikes to the park and he'd have, you know, you know, pick up soccer games, you just walk by and they're just there. And I'd always beg my mom for him to take me with. And the first couple of times he was just like, like I don't want to like, I'm, granted, he's eight years older than me. So I was like, 12 and you know he's like 20 and so That's it's a, a big very, difference it's a very big difference obviously so but after a while you know he started taking me and I was doing well so he just kept bringing me and bringing me and you know it works out that way and it kind of became a bonding experience between me and him and those are the times where I would kind of play with the bigger kids and yeah I was smaller but at the same time you know I I was just playing the game I love so it didn't really affect me that way and I think it did help me you know in the long run playing against older people and kind of testing my luck. Yeah, pretty soon. You were probably so good. You're schooling guys out there. <laughs> the teammates of his were like, you got to bring him. And the <laughs> opponents are like, you can't bring him next yeah, time. Yeah, right? I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm playing like six years up. So at, at some point, you know, I was getting tossed. I, I obviously get tossed around, but, you know, you just keep going. That's awesome. Um, I want to talk a little bit about then St. Louis Park, you know, club soccer and then also you had some experiences though. I mean, you're only 22 years old, but I feel like mm. you've already had these, you know, these amazing life experiences that have sort of revolved around soccer that counts as moving here. And then the, the common language or the common theme or something you have in common with people is that pick up soccer where you can meet people and friends. I think I read that you went on trial over at Werder Bremen in Germany for a bit. You were at Saprissa mm. in Costa Rica for a bit did I, I am I reading this all correctly I mean, yeah, this, yeah, that's yeah. all the way up till 2020 then you go to college <laughs> at, at St. Cloud State and you get to mm -hmm. experience that so what were those how did those situations come about and what was that like for you yeah so um it was kind of a, a journey I'd say from my I think around junior to senior year of high school when I started to kind of test my luck a little bit um my aforementioned uh, Ted Creighton you know very big influence enjoy the people in my life um he saw me you know 18 year old kid he's like hey I really think you can play pro and so um he had a friend of a friend who had a you know connect in Germany um he watched us play he came down we went I think it was in Chicago um the club was called um I can't remember but um yeah we went there he watched us play he's like yeah I think you know you guys are great maybe we could set something up and within two, three weeks, he's like, hey, you know, we can kind of get you a trial at uh, Further Bremen's uh, U23. So I was like, great. So, you know, a couple of kids from St. Louis Park are now going to a, a Bundesliga team uh, on trial with their second team. And, you know, it was, uh, it was I'd say, a, um, a good shock because... Like a learning you, experience. Yeah, yes. yeah. And because when you play soccer, you know, you're kind of in a bubble, especially like in the U.S., you know, there's... 
you can go play in Mexico or in Canada, but the most part, you just play American soccer. But in Europe, there's so many, you know, mixing cultures. You know, you have countries that are so small right next to each other and so many people. So when you go there, you want to see, and everyone knows, you know, Europe is where the best of the best are at. And as a kid, you know, from the States, you kind of want to try your luck and see, you know, how, just how good you are. And then you go there and you see, you know, all these guys, all these different play styles, all these guys that are so good. And you look around, you're like, wow, I have so much more to learn than what you thought. Because everyone thinks they're good, but until you <laughs> hit the top and then you're like, holy crap, there's a whole nother, you know, level to this. And so it was a good learning experience. Obviously, you know, uh, we did we did well, but just not up to the to the level there. So I came back and I actually um, ended up going on trial at Philadelphia's uh, second team as well. Um, the following summer I did well but um, they were looking to put me more on the academy but I was a few months too uh, old for that and so I was like okay well right now it's obviously looking like college Um, and then um, opportunity came where a guy from Costa Rica you know saw me play he's like hey I really think they'll like you down there and at that point I'd actually committed to to play at University of Missouri Kansas City uh, D1 and so I was like, well, I mean, I guess I saw it more as a vacation, to be <laughs> honest, because I didn't know so much about Central or South American soccer. Um, but he was like, I really think you should try it. And I was like, you know what? Let's, you know, have one more chance. We'll see. You only happens. live once. Yeah, literally. And so um, we go down there. Uh, we do very well and within the first week. Like, hey, we'll sign you. And now I kind of have a decision on my hands. Do I go to college or do I take this experience as an 18 year old moving, you know, to Central America by myself to live there? And so it was very like push pull, you know, how do I go about this? This It's a very big step in my life. And I decided to take the leap of faith, obviously. And it was really great, you know, my time down there. But obviously no one can see a global pandemic coming within eight months of my time there and sadly had to kind of end short because of that and I you know came back but I really think it helped me you know more as on a personal level growth and maturity because obviously you go down there you make some mistakes you know you kind of have to learn from that especially being by yourself at a bigger club the stakes are bigger all of that and so coming back you know I was like wow I don't know it might be over for me you know, this pandemic kind of might have ended, you know, everything that I've been working for. At that time, I think I'm only 19. And being from an immigrant family, you know, the biggest thing is you got to get your education, you know, you got to get a degree, you got to build a, you know, foundation for your life. And so we had some troubles, you know, kind of finding a club. And I was like, you know, I got to at least still go to school. And St. Cloud State, you know, provided me an opportunity. You know, Sean Holmes, a great coach over there, um, provided me an opportunity to come and play, you know, through COVID at a very new program. And I'm grateful for that because it kept me in the state. It kept me going to school and it kept me kind of developing my craft. So, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it was crazy to think of those life experiences that you've had just before you were 19, 20 years old, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like, I think those are the things that, I, you know, I'm a firm believer in experiences over anything else. And yes, mm-hmm. the education piece is part of the experience. But I mean, if, to say yes to all those things, that takes a lot of courage and your family to support you in those moments. But then what you've gained. So then you end up playing for St. Cloud State, clearly catching the eye, coming to MLS Next Pro, MNUFC2. What was that like for you being part of MNUFC2? 
last season and then getting your taste of, I know you train with the first team oftentimes and, and there's intermixing and mingling, but then to actually be on the roster and to step on the field in that Vancouver game at home at Allianz Field. I mean, what kind of walk us through some of those emotions? Yeah, you know, it was um, very tough for me. I like last year, obviously, like the guys that I spent last year with on, on Next Pro, you know, they're almost like my brothers. You know, it's our first year as a club. It's my first year as a pro. You know, it's a lot of these guys first year as well. Some guys coming from different clubs, obviously. But like it was almost like this bond that we built as, you know, first timers trying to make an impact, especially first year for the league. Uh, obviously it kind of ended short for me with the season ending injury that I picked up in August. And, you know, the period from August until I think about January, February was very, very difficult for me. You know, when I found out I had to have two surgeries, I was, you know, very devastated because I just started back when I thought things were over during COVID, you know, I found a lifeline with Minnesota United and now my season gets ended. I'm in a boot for eight weeks. I'm riding one of those scooters <laughs> that you can't walk, you know, as a, and it's, you know, you're kind of thinking, am I going to be able to do not just play at a professional level, but just, am I going to be able to do the things that I want to, you know, as, as a soccer player again. And um, I remember going to preseason with the first team in January. I, I just had um, surgery about three weeks before that. And I kind of, during the preseason, I like my foot just broke down. And I also broke down on the field because I just couldn't run. Like I couldn't get myself to run. It just hurt so badly. And I was just right there. And I it felt like everything that I've been working on, you know, was just going down the drain because I couldn't get my body to stay, you know, healthy. And, you know, there's ups and there's downs. You push past it. And having my first game back from injury, just from injury, not even um, first team game, but my first game back in eight months be a home debut against Vancouver was something that was insanely special to me. You know, having my friends and my family there, you know, to see that, you know, after seeing me in a boot for eight weeks, you know, especially with the, uh, the second team staff as well, the conversations I've had with them, Cameron knows who really helped, you know, help me mentally with that. It was really, really special for me. And I knew kind of that everything was going to be okay in a sense and that I could still do what I, you know, what I love. Well, it's interesting that you talk about too. I mean, everybody loves their family in the stands, but there has to be something about as cool as those other experiences were, whether you're mm -hmm. on a trial in, in Germany or whether you're playing it's a priest or whatever it might be. There's something to be said about being at home in front of your friends and your family, regardless of what league or what market. And yes, you had MLS Next Pro and MNUFC2 last year, which I'm sure they were a part of and at often. But then to be, as you said, stepping on the field at Allianz Field, your first time back from this long injury, which we know injuries can be as much mental and emotional as they are physical to work your way back. So I mean, I can only imagine your family just beaming with with joy. I mean, what do your brothers think think about it now? And I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're playing professional soccer, but what do they think about looking at you now? And your brother's like taking credit. Like I'm the one who brought him to the the pickup game, you know, when he was mm -hmm. 12 and I was 20. Like, what what's the conversation like? Yeah, the conversation is actually more critical than than you think. You know, <laughs> it's not very much. You know, there's a bit of congratulations in there, but like post game, I'll, I'm getting like these like messages like, oh, you should have done this, you know, critiques, because at the end of the day, they're still they're still soccer players, 
and they know they see the things that maybe an average fan wouldn't see. And I can I like it because I can have that discussion with my brothers about you know soccer and they don't start treating me differently maybe just because of one appearance with the first team you know they know that there's still so much more that I have to do to become a better player and I like to you know kind of have a discourse with them about about that stuff but it is you know special to you know me and my family my family friends you know and I think I really benefited from playing soccer in my home state you know with United because being away in uh, Costa Rica or Germany is very difficult mentally but it's a different type of um it's I, it's a bit easier when you're at home you know a lot of the a lot of the guys first and second team they don't they have their family here but this isn't where they're from this isn't their home state so yeah it might be home but it doesn't necessarily feel like home but to me this feels like home and i can go home like after training and i have all my friends that i grew up with right there if we want to hang out you know i have the people that i've that i've known for over a decade with me and that really helps push mentally especially in a tough day of training when i wouldn't have had that if i was in costa rica or in germany yeah i think sometimes too it gives you a different perspective and understanding for the guys that are over here the international players some of the ones that are you know the same age that you are and us all giving players a little bit of grace when they come into a new league and a new country and they leave their family and they leave their friends and it takes a little time to adjust and adapt. And sometimes the stuff on the field takes a while yeah. too, you know, and, and I think that we, the more international players we're seeing coming into MLS, I think we all have a little bit more grace and patience for that understanding that these you're all humans first before you're soccer mm -hmm. players. And there's a lot of other things that go into it. Talk to me about Cameron Knowles. I know I saw a video the other day, I think it was post-match from the twos. And I think, I don't know that you were there because I think that was why they had all these guys with first, first, you know, first appearances Yeah. because you, a lot of you guys were, you know, joining the first team or with the first team for, because of the international call-ups and correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw this video of him in the locker room afterwards going, and you got a first appearance and you got a first appearance. Like, <laughs> it was yeah. like, it was literally like half the team uh -huh. had made their debut. I mean, how, yeah. how much, what has Cameron Knowles done for you? And going back to sort of that brotherhood that you guys had last year coming in together, what's it like in you two, year two of the twos? Yeah, so year two of the twos, I think, is much more of a bigger bond. Yeah, we lost some players, but we brought in some guys that really know what the club's about. And the guys that have stayed, you know, Diogo, Alex Murray, even though he's on loan right now, and really uh, Cici Uche and uh, Ramos, Jason Ramos, all those guys have really, you know, started to build. Because last we didn't really have a culture last year. That's the thing. It's the first year. And so it was up to us this year to kind of tighten the bonds between the guys, you know, and next pros, it's a bit tough because you have academy kids, you know, coming up, you have the second team players, and then you also have some first team guys dropping down. So it's a wide range of, you know, mixing emotions and player ages and whatnot. And so sometimes things don't kind of like get together as they're supposed to. And so you're two, I'm really happy about so far. Obviously we're two and oh, you know, especially that big win um against uh, Real Monarchs on our first game day. And we had like, you know, seven or eight academy guys on the field. And so you're two. That must have been the game. Was that the one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, there was, was like great. eight guys making yeah. their, their uh, next pro debut. And, you know, it, it made me, I was watching that game and I was screaming and I was cheering them on. 
And the you can tell the locker room is just so much more of a brotherly bond. You know, guys are laughing and joking and, you know, even on the field, so unselfish play, you know, passing the ball to each other when maybe you could have taken it on your own. But year two, I think, is going to be better than year one. Obviously, it's already uh, better the way we started, but I like it in the sense that now we know we're acting more as a team than last year. And that's what I really like. So what are your personal goals for 2023? What does that what does that look like for you? And how does that come to fruition? Yeah, so interestingly enough, personal goals, especially heading to this year, was just to get back on the field and be healthy. You know, and now that I've done that, I think it's kind of expanding. You know, I was talking to um Ian Fuller the the first team assistant coach uh, a couple of weeks back and he told me he said he's he doesn't want to see a sophomore slump and so he says you know we build on what we uh have last year you know last year was uh kind of, I wouldn't say like a culture shock but you know we come in kind of settling down and adjusting to everything you know it was a good start before the injury and now we just have to build on top of that and I think year two is just to be fine-tuning the things that I learned from year one and I guess being a little bit more critical about the little details especially on and off the field of being a professional you know uh being a leader on the field producing on the field which is a big thing that I've been told you know I really want to do this year you know more goals more assists you know and getting those three points more often especially now that we're on the road for the first six weeks with next pro that's a big thing and kind of growing into my own as a player and really having the confidence on the field. And lastly, I I will, I'm going to preface this. Somebody else wrote this question. Now this was not mine, (laughs) but which coaches training session sessions are harder Cameron Knowles or Adrian Heath. Oh man. You can play the fifth because I get what it's like. I get what it's like, you know, as a player, you got to go back into that locker room. I mean, I don't know that the coaches (laughs) listen to these things, but (laughs) Um, I'd say they're difficult in their own right. The both of them are sessions where you learn, you know, different things. Maybe Cam presents something one way, but Adrian presents it another way. He, they give you two different perspectives on the game, and that's what I like. I wouldn't say necessarily more difficult than each other, but it's great to have both of them because that way, you know, I go into the next pro training session, Cam sees something and tells me about it. I'm like, huh, I've never seen it this way. I go into a first-team training session, Adrian tells me something. I'm like, huh, I, I, maybe I didn't think of that either. And so it's a good contrast between the both of them. That's awesome. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for taking the time to join me today. I appreciate yes. it. I'm excited to see uh, what's next for you and, and how the season unfolds and what 2023 looks like for you. And I'm glad to see that you're, you know, we hear that your family can be a part of it, whether it's even critiquing or whether it's a <laughs> pat on the back, it's family's yeah. the best. So it's, it's a, it's a great setup you have, and we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Okay. Thank you so much. All right, guys, everybody, uh, next up, Academy Spotlight, Leo Kane is going to join me. I hope I said his name right. I've got a yeah. phonetic pronunciation here, but I it doesn't mean I can't still butcher it at times. So he's going to join us next for the Academy Spotlight. Stay tuned, everybody. Welcome back, everybody, to Sound of the Loons. And now we're just kind of like going down in age order. We started the day with Adrian Heath, then we went to Emmanuel Iwe, and now we have Leo Kane on. So we're like doing this trickle effect 
maybe we're all feeling younger, but now I get the Academy spotlight with Leo. So thanks so much for joining me this afternoon. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, how are you doing? I'm great. Um, I, I get to talk soccer for a living and you get to play soccer for part of your living. So I guess that's not a bad, not a bad gig, is it? No, uh, it, it's fun. It's fun. Um, it. Tell it. Tell us about that, though, because you're still in high school. So you're in a different boat than some of these guys that, you know, when you get to training, I know you're with the Academy, but I'm sure with you're with MNUFC, too, sometimes and and you guys mix and mingle. So what is that schedule like when you're a senior at Champlain Park? You're with the Academy. What does that schedule? How do you balance that? Um, currently, I uh, I am doing online school, so um, I I get school done after training. So then I come to training in the morning and then I have the rest of the day to do school. So then I just kind of balance it out. Um, cause like after training, you like, you have the uh, the whole day and uh, we make jokes with our teammates cause we don't have nothing to do for the rest of the day. So I have a lot of time to get schoolwork done. So that way it's easier for me. Well, you say it's easier, but sometimes when you have free time, you can fill it up with other things. I I always found, you know, growing up that like the busier I was, probably the more effective and efficient I was. So how do you personally stay on task? You're trying to stay fit, stay healthy, stay locked in with the academy and, and what goes into that training and then straight into the schoolwork. How do you stay on task when you do have a little bit maybe more time and you're not at a physical school? Um, well, usually the, my day, usually, um, in the morning, I drop my, my little brother off at school. Um, and I get here pretty early because I drop him off and I just drive to down here to NFC. So then I have about an hour and a half before training, before we have to be here for training. So then I get a little bit of schoolwork done in that time frame. And, um, after school, uh, after practice, excuse me, um, when I drive home, I, I also have to help my little brother with homework and that takes a little bit of time too. So then in that time frame while I'm helping him, I, I get to squeeze in a little bit of my homework uh, done. And then after I'm done helping him, I only have a little bit uh, of homework left. So, you know, he kind of helped me balance it out a little bit, you know? I love that. That does sound like a busy schedule. So I take that back. You don't have a lot of free time. This is <laughs> You have to be incredibly efficient and productive in what you get done in the day. And like, where did you... Where did you get that drive and that mindset? Because that doesn't come naturally, especially to teenagers, but to get to where you're at, to be in the academy, then to play with MNUFC too, you know, I, how, how, where does that drive come from to be so sort of mature and effective in what you want to accomplish with your goals? Um, My mom, uh, I, I give all the credit to her. Um, just seeing her work, um, seeing her try to provide. Um, I mean, she works super hard. Uh, um, she got three boys. That's a lot of trouble. Um, so just seeing her um, try the best she can to be able to, you know, take care of us. Um, that that kind of motivates me every day. And I wake up and I'm just like, I got I got to be the best that I can be, you know, for her. And a, a huge part of that, too, is my little brother. Um, just trying to be a, a role model for him. Somebody he can look up to, somebody he can you know, try to be when he, when he grew up. I mean, right now he, he's starting to like soccer a little bit. He, he's at a couple of the trainings when we, when I'm with the Academy and I mean, all the staff knows him here and they, they ask him time to time, but he's trying to watch the games and he's trying to, he's, he's starting to ask me like, Hey, how was the game when I'm come home? And that's just the, the best feeling, you know, cause he's showing a little bit of interest, but, but yeah, that's, that's my, that's my why my mom, my little brother, my family overall, um, they motivate me every day 
just to be the best person I can be. I mean, on the pitch and off the pitch. How old is he? My little brother is nine. Okay. So when you talk, I mean, this is like prime years for him to start sort of grasping, you know, what it is that is soccer, what it is that you do and sort of maybe going on a similar path. And if it's not his path, that's fine too. But he can see, even if you didn't choose soccer, he can see your work rate. He can see your sense of responsibility. He can see your motivation and your mom's of course, as well. So like, even if he didn't choose soccer, he'll have those kind of tools in life. Right. I mean, and that's, and that's what, that's what I'm trying to, to be for him. You know, if I, I always tell him whatever you want to do, as long as, you you put the work in and you you believe in yourself you can do it and like i'm trying to set that example for him when you look at your pathway and when did you realize that the academy could be an option for you the minnesota united academy how did that happen and then talk to me a little bit about your mnufc2 experience being named player of the week i mean what 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 was that experience like for you it was it was it was good. It was it felt it felt nice. Um, especially um, being you know from where I'm from and all that stuff and um, where how far I've came, um, in my in my career. Um, it felt good and it felt good to to be able to play my first professional game and be able to contribute to the team. Um, and we played great as a team and that and that really lifted our spirit to be recognized early. Um, it it, it helped the group especially because we all were like we all celebrated together. It was kind of like a, a moment in the locker room um, after the game when we got the win. It wasn't just, oh, he made his debut, he made his debut, but overall we got the win. So it just kind of, it adds everything in together. Um, and being the player of the week, that it just like icing on the cake. You know, um, the individual uh, stuff is always good, but if if we would have lost the game and I would have gotten that, it wouldn't have felt the same. Um, so then I being the of the week and after we got the three points, it's just kind of like the icing on the cake and being like, yeah, the perfect week. Well, I love to, and is, is that the same video? I just talked about this with Emmanuel Iwe about you got your debut and you got your debut. Yes. It was like, it was like half the team, but I mean, right. that's like, that's why we love sports and that's why we love soccer is it is such a team concept. You cannot do this game. You cannot find success with individuals. That is just not the way soccer works. There's too much moving parts. There's too many pieces on the pitch. So, I mean, what kind of a feeling was that even to just be in a professional environment with the twos on the road and you said it, getting the team victory and especially with a bunch of guys that were making their debut. I mean, that had to be like a real sense of pride for the group. Yeah. I mean, it was great. And I, I, I get credit to the group once again, because we were, we were together. Um, I mean, we had a, a lot of players making a debut, like you mentioned. Um, so we had to be together. We had to we had to stay uh, united. And we did just that. I mean, a couple of new guys on the team, a couple of academy players like myself coming up to play in first professional game ever and starting the game. Um, there's a lot of nerves. There's a lot of, um, you know, excitement. Um, but I give credit to the group, the coaching staff. They really help us. Um, stay together as a team and that really like translated into the game because you you can see we we worked hard in the game um and we um we worked as a team we made it easier you know because like once you go into the game you know you never know what's going to happen but then your whole team is behind you then it makes it a little bit easier and like i mean it's it was just fun it was fun being out there and, like even in the whole setting 
with the traveling with the with the team. I mean, we were we had fun. We had a lot of fun on that trip, man. I mean, I I will remember that day forever. Isn't that crazy though? I mean, it's, sometimes it can be the simplest things in moments in life where you think about things that you've gone through, where you've come from, and whatnot, and then you picture yourself on this plane to play a professional soccer game. You know, getting Player of the Week coming away with the win, the camaraderie and the sort of the brotherhood that comes in that locker room, doing it for each other, not focusing on who's not there, but focusing on who is there. I mean, those, you just said it, those are the moments that you remember. How instrumental has, was like Cameron Knowles in that process. And I know you have different academy coaches, but you train with the twos oftentimes and there's a back and forth. So how instrumental was he and even sort of setting that tone with this group and specifically in that match? Huge. Um, he, I mean, from the start, from the start of preseason, he he told two things: you have a great attitude and work hard, and we'll give you the opportunity. And I always, I always remember those two, those two saying before training, because it just kind of lead uh, into what your mindset have to be when you're when you're academy player coming up with the tools. It's like, okay, I don't have, I don't need to to be the best uh, dribbler. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do this. Only thing I need to do is like have a great attitude and work hard for the team. Um, so that he, he, he was huge for us, especially the academy kids. Um, we came in the, the preseason not knowing what to expect. I mean, and it was hard. It was a long, it was a long preseason. Um, you know, and it was a big step up, but he, he, he kept us going. He, I mean, he was, he was huge during preseason and during the game before the game, he just told us, just go out there and have fun. It's your first game. I mean, he told me this, just go out there and have fun. It's your first game. Have fun when they live in a moment. Um, and just be yourself. And it's always great when you when you hear a coach um when you hear a coach say that, because then it it, it releases a little bit of the nerve um and allows you to to bring your identity to the game. Um and yeah, but it was he was huge. He played a, a, a important role in, in the success of this team and us academy players that's coming up. What is what are your attributes? What are what is it that you bring to the team? What do you feel like is what you can bring to the table besides just the working hard aspect? If you were like had to fill out a little paragraph that describes you as a player, what would that look like? I mean, it's it that's a difficult question, especially like <laughs> as a being a forward. I mean, the the number one question, the number one answer to that is like scoring goals. You know, that's that a lot of people think that's the that's the most important thing, but Cameron, Cameron, uh, he he stressed a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Um, being able to as a forward, you like we are we the first line of defense for the team, so we have to be able to to to, to start the press and make everything predictable for the for our teammates behind us. Um, in terms of what I think I, I bring to the team is just um, my pace. Uh, I like to think I'm fast. Um, um, my pace, my uh, my decision making, um, and my one v one ability. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm I like to think that I'm good taking people <laughs> on, and it's fun, you know. Um, and being a forward, you have to. He he allows us to be creative, which is good because that that allows you to bring your like I said earlier your identity to the game, and the more you succeed, the more your confidence uh get uh gets higher, and then you can be the best player you can be. For, for the team. I've always thought too, that's part, that's why soccer is such a beautiful game is because you have to find this balance when you have these really skilled, talented players. You have to let them be who they are because that is what, what makes them great, but also find the way they fit 
in the team. You know, like you have these guys that are just, you know, or, or women, whatever it might be, that are like sick on the ball, so good at dribbling, can do this, can do this. But then, so you don't want to stymie the creativity and the ability to have that in a game because that's what makes soccer so amazing. But at the same time, you have to find how it fits and how that person can contribute for the best aspect of the team. So do you feel that that's what you've been able to accomplish thus far? I know it's early, but with the academy and with the twos, yeah, I mean, um, and and one thing about Cam, he always tells us you you have to understand there are certain times for certain things, and a lot of the a lot of those times is what the game gives you. Um, we always train. He always tells us just because you have uh, unlimited touch on the field doesn't mean you have to take everything. Um, and it's it's all about recognizing what the game gives you. Like you said, there are some guys that are or girls that are very good on the ball, very skillful. Well, you have to understand when you're in a you're in a game setting. Take for example, if you're up and there's five minutes left, uh, there's no need for you to go on and dribble the the whole pitch or try to take people on. You can just keep the ball, all right. And in terms of like or like maybe you're trying to get a goal, then you have to be more um, attacking minded. So it's just all about like he always tells it's all about what the game gives you and you being able to understand like what situation we're in in the moment. If we need. We can we can attack, but if we're winning and we don't need to lose the ball right now, maybe dribbling is not the best option, you know. So when you look at this team, when you look at MNUFC two in particular, is there any individual? And I'm not saying to like narrow, you know, individualize or, or pick someone, be, you know, to single them out. But is there anybody that sort of helped you that maybe that first day you're coming to training? with the twos instead of the academy or that first moment that sort of made you feel comfortable that this, you know, like from a leadership standpoint or a player standpoint that just kind of, you know, that's, I, I just talked to Emmanuel Ewe and he talked about the culture of this twos right now. And they're in such a great spot. And last year it was trying to figure out what the culture was because they were all new and it was a new thing for them. Anybody on this twos team that has sort of just welcomed you in and like really made you kind of settle in if you were nervous or anxious the first day. Um, really everybody, um, um, really, cause we were, we were very young and a new team. So we were all just trying to get comfortable with each other. Um, I mean, the coaching staff were great. Um, Cam and, and Jeremy, they're, they're both, uh, just trying to get us comfortable and being, and we, we're here for, we are here for one reason to, to be the best players we can be for, for him and USC too. Um, but really, if I would say one person, I would say it was, um, Diogo, mm -hmm. uh, Diogo really helped me, um, he settled in. Um, he's the guy I talk to the most on the team right now. Um, but yeah, he 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 he's kind of like that um, role model for me that I, I kind of look up to 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 like kind of model my game uh, after. Um, but yeah, and he's really he's a really kind guy, and he gives me a lot of advice. Um, and so that just kind of helped me because you know, as an academy player, you're coming up. Obviously, we have people that we look up to in the first team, but then you have to narrow it down to the second team, and you feel like, okay, that's the guy I'm trying to be like. And he was one of those guys, and I'm, and I've gotten a lot of tips from him that that has helped me uh, enhance my 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 performance. I want to know too if a like what sort of sense of pride that your family has if they watch you play, or if your mom watches watch the game, you know, if it was, if she was able to stream it, like what, what's that been like for her to see that her hard work and what she's accomplished and, and the young man that you've become, like, what's that like for her? It was, it was great. It was, 
one of the best moments of my life when I when I got home and my little brother is there and he's like, oh my God, I saw you on TV. I saw you scored. I mean, that that's what that's what I that's I, like I said earlier. That's my why. That's why that's why I play this game that I love so much. Um, you know, now that I have my debut kit with my last name behind it, hanging up in my mom's room. That's the reason why we come out here and work hard every day. Um, she can see like, hey, my hard work. Um, and the dedication that I have has been like it's being transmitted into into the, the young man I'm trying to become. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great moment, and like for my whole family, even like the people close to me, it was it was great. I had my phone; it was going crazy after the game. So many people. Um, but yeah, that's that's why we we play this game, especially like for my mom. She she is the reason why I want to be successful. She's the reason why do you work hard because like the work she put in you, you have to you have to try and be the best person you can be for her and my little brother i mean it was great because he, he, he every time i pick him up from school now he's just telling it's like oh my god i told my i told my classmates you're you're playing on tv and it's just it's just great it's just great those are the moments those are the moments you live for and especially being a young a young player i love that i mean let's just end on that because that is truly that's like the that's like the meaning of life, right? I mean, your, yours is replicated on television, playing a soccer game and being an incredible person on top of it. This isn't just about the sports, but that is like the, that's like the way we should all go about life is because we want to, you know, make people proud and make ourselves proud on top of it, right? This isn't just about doing everything for everybody else, but doing it for yourself as well. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. I'm so pumped to see what you do the rest of this year and, and what comes after that as well. But I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today, Leo. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. It was fun. And I'm excited for the rest of the season as well. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, and everybody, thanks so much for joining on Sound of the Loons this week. We'll join you again uh, next week to catch up after the game for Minnesota United at Chicago.